Listen to the show and peep what these dudes bring If you didn't know it's an orange and blue thing Hope to win the championship in a few rings It's an orange and blue thing Walk off if the game's tied like shoestrings It's a Mets podcast, orange and blue thing Beat the other team with defense in a few swings LFGM, it's an orange and blue thing What's up Mets fans? Happy Monday, wherever you may be this is Orange and Blue Thing, and we are coronavirus-free, at least for the time being. I am Darren Mew, that's Pete McCarthy. Oh What's up, Pete? Here we go. Here we go. How we doing? Oh, my stomach, as you, the people at home haven't heard, maybe they <laughs> did during that little intro, our, our mics were live. My stomach is growling like crazy. i got to get some food in me after the show. But uh, it's, it's a good day so far. It's sun, the sun shining, 60 degrees. Hopefully Beautiful. We, it's hopefully like we're going up to 70, I think, today. I'm what? Ho- I'm Living. hoping in uh, wow. 17 short days we do have a day similar to this out at City Field. It's going to be a great day. I hope. I hope it's going to be a great day. What's up, Lizzie? What's up, dudes? So um, as we ended the show last week, we were uh, pumping up Lizzie's charity event. Soul, uh, what is it called? Cycle for Survival. Cycle for Survival. What was your goal again that you wanted to reach? You were uh, a little short. As, well, as a team, we wanted to reach 40000 because that's what we got last year. Uh-huh. Um, me personally, my goal was 2000 and you reached that and I reached it, but guess what? On Wednesday night, MJ texted me and she said, um, because you have so many individual donors, if you get 20 more new donors for this year, you, you could raise potentially $5,000 for the group. Cause they match it. They well, there was a there was a charity that was giving five thousand dollars to uh, somebody right, that right, was right, gotcha, gotcha. doing all these donations. So I got on the horn last at on Wednesday night at nine o'clock. She, te- she after my Zumba class, she texted me. So at nine o'clock, I started texting everybody like my mom, my sister, all the donate. people that didn't donate. Just donate five dollars. I just need twenty new donations. The next day, we got it. Well, so wow. that was an in- yeah. So I ended up raising uh, close to seventy five hundred dollars. That's awesome. Congrats. Yeah, thank but you. But unfortunately, uh, or fortunately for their uh, for their cardiovascular abilities, they didn't get to run. They didn't get to do the do event. The ride. It got canceled. It was canceled because of the coronavirus. But, coronavirus but is canceling things left and right. There's a lot of people that are um, their immune system, right? Yes, right, right, currently right, going right. through treatment and all that. So you know, it's obviously could be detrimental for them. So they canceled. Yeah. I was bu- I was so bummed. Because so, the event is really fun. Well, I'm sorry the hat that got canceled, but yeah. I mean such a great cause. Either way, the money gets donated. So yeah, so I think we're close to forty five thousand now as no a way. team. Oh, you could still donate. Wow. Yes, you could, you could still donate. So Pete, right before we went live, I saw a tweet. I wasn't sure if it was true or not, so we you know tried to quickly check. I saw you you saw it on Bloomberg as well, Bloomberg News. Uh, St. Patrick's Day might be canceled in Ireland. Yeah. No, that's crazy. It is. They're going to cancel the parades. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's 100%. Yeah, no parades in Ireland for St. Patrick's Day. Wow. So, you know, you could still celebrate the day, but everything's on a smaller scale. And you see in Europe, Italy, for example, the sporting events, no people in attendance at the sporting it's events be so weird. until April 3rd, and then they'll look it over again. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's wild. I, I think it's only a matter of time until you see more sporting events and uh, group gatherings canceled well, here in, in the U.S. South by Southwest, which is huge in Texas, that got canceled. I know they're talking about possibly canceling, and maybe they already have 
uh, Coachella in California. Mm -hmm. uh, the NBA talked about possibly playing to empty arenas, and LeBron wasn't happy about that. Uh, do you remember the NCAA tournament is coming up really? as well? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And that's something that they're looking at. I know a couple of teams didn't want to travel to Seattle this past week, and so they canceled those games. So you know, there's there's all this stuff that's up in the air, depending on how the next couple of weeks go, and then you start thinking about you know maybe opening day and and how the baseball don't schedule you dare might say be impacted. <laughs> I, I, don't you dare! I don't know. I don't know. I don't think anybody really has a firm grasp on all of this right now, but. It's certainly something that there's a lot of precautions being taken. And, you know, these group events, that's where um, you have you have issues. I was just reading today there was a priest in D.C. who ended up having the coronavirus and he might have sickened like 600 people. And what? you think about oh all, the, my God. all the handshakes and, and the contact that you have with a priest at church, you know, feeding food, maybe even directly, I shouldn't say food, but doing the uh, Eucharist communion right, uh, directly right, right, right. into your mouth. I mean. There's a lot of contact there. So oh, these are my God. Well, these are the, the kind of things uh, that are, you know, impacting people, whether or not they want to go into large groups and uh look, I mean there's smarter people than me about this virus. If you're, you know, a certain age and you have a good immune system, then it's maybe not something you have to take total precautions with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, if you're not in that situation where you are older uh, or you're around people like that, then, yeah, I mean, you have to be super careful, I guess, about where you're going, washing your hands and all the basic stuff everyone's been talking about. It's crazy, man. I mean, you know, we joked about this a couple weeks ago. So I didn't think it was going to get to this point. We're talking about the cruise and you're saying you didn't want to go on. I think that, that cruise ship that was in limbo, I think, is still out there somewhere floating they're, around. They're bringing they're docking it back today, today yeah. I think, supposedly. But yeah. uh, the Shoreham Waiting River School's out here are closed today. I saw on News 12. Yeah, Hofstra, yeah. uh, something in Southampton's on lockdown. So it's it's getting crazy. And I don't know if it's uh, more, I'm not saying hype. I'm not saying that this isn't a, a serious threat. But I think that, you know, I was talking to Megan about this before. Maybe on the open air situations, like, a, like an opening day might not be as... Uh, scary as being in like the garden, let's say, where you're in close contact. But I was talking to Pete about it. Like on the, his way here, he takes the train. You're definitely seeing more people wearing masks and gloves and things like that. Well, right? the big thing would be like, let's say they they do the game, everything's normal for opening day. Like uh, Brandon Nimmo hits a home run to start the day. Are you high fiving everyone around you? Right? Like like just <laughs> right. little things like that. I found greeting people is really weird because you don't. Typically, you shake hands, all right, and now it's like, oh, is it is hugging like better than shaking no. hands now? No. I guess that's not good. No Some contact. people don't want you know you no around contact. them yeah. at all, and you kind of have to gauge what people are. But like, I, I saw someone on Friday that I hadn't seen in a year. I was very excited to see them. I'm like, ah, you know. And then what do you do? Like, do you want to embrace or? It, it's very. It's yeah. very strange yeah, yeah, with yeah. that, depending on how people are reacting to it and what their situation might be. Like, I I don't know. I'm not, you know, living my life scared that I'm going to get this thing. But there are a lot of people that I, I that are. Some people that on like a normal day, they're already germaphobes are probably freaking out right now. Like wow. people who just seriously oh. like have like a serious phobia, like like I Howie have... Mandel or someone who doesn't like to ever really touch or anything. Like now see the hand sanitizer not leaving all the sold out. No, yeah. I yeah. have two family members that are already OCD about so many things and they're on another level <laughs> like my brother-in-law is like not even leaving the house he's 
He's prepared for <laughs> for doomsday. I put up a tweet about that this morning. <laughs> so just to just to get a pulse of uh, the followers in the Seven Lines Twitter account, if they happen to vote or you know whatever, check, choose an option. You're not really voting on something, but uh, it's a little less than three thousand here. Schools are closing. Major events are being canceled. Brody is now elbow bumping fans instead of handshakes. How concerned are you about the coronavirus? A little less than three thousand. People chimed in here. Not at all got 31.7%. Mildly got 54.4%. Very was 11.9%. And never leaving the house got 2.1%. So um, you said you noted, noticed this yesterday. Our, our buddy Joe DeMeo, who I think is going to be calling in a little bit, uh, was down at spring training this past weekend. And he noticed that Brody was doing like elbow bumps with people. Yeah, I've been doing elbow bumps with people. Have you? Yeah. Yeah, certain people, you know. Uh, it depends on what it is. Like, if it's someone I haven't seen forever, I'm excited, then you want yeah. to embrace it some way. But someone I see routinely at work or whatever, you know, you just give a little elbow dap kind of thing and yeah, yeah. call it a day, you know? <laughs> I say, okay, it's good to see you. You're fine, you know? You usually do like a fist pound or something. Now you just you do the elbow thing. Kelly and Amelia went to the movies yesterday and um, she brought like wipes with her. Like, it's, you know, it's those like recliners. I feel like people are going to be going to the movies now with like Lysol spray on like a chair because like the recliner one's basically like sitting in someone's living room. It's kind of gross if you think about it. But she like wiped down the armrest a little bit. Andrew brings wipes to that to those kind of chairs. I wipe regardless. down remotes. When I go to hotels, I wipe down the remotes or wipe down the doorknobs. It's pretty Andrew, gross. Yeah, Andrew wipes down everything. But with going with with what is going on right now as a parent, I think it's it's harder for you. Your daughter's so young, but you know ours about to turn five. Now it's like listen. Stuff's dirty. Don't touch your face. She's going to school now. All these mm-hmm. germs in school. Like trying to be more conscious of wash your hands, use sanitizer if, if you scary. can. But mm-hmm. she's five. She's still going to like forget. Yeah. You and know? it's just going to be part of it. You know, I was yeah. thinking too, you know, the idea of these games being played, let's say in empty ballparks or empty arenas, like what the NBA is talking about, to some degree, it's well to even play the games, right? Well, I was thinking, if we reach the point, and it wouldn't be that you're necessarily like quarantined at home, but there may be a lot of people who say, you know what, it's not worth going out. I'm going to mm-hmm. spend as much time at home as possible. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to have something to watch, right? Like, it is kind of important, sports in this country, when there have been tough times and things like that. Like, it's a sense of normalcy that some stuff is going on, even if it's not normal at all <laughs> in an empty arena, and you, you kind of get a feel for that, but... To some degree, there is an importance, I think, in the big picture for you know the NCAA tournament for some of these events to go on. As long as you're not putting you know the players at risk of spreading it to one another, I think that'll be the one of those big turning points. Is you now see like politicians are, are coming down with this illness. If that were to happen to a professional athlete now, well, you're all touching the same basketball, the same baseball, whatever it might be that person wouldn't be able to play while they're sick, but then you could spread it around. I, I, it's just there's a lot of unknowns, I think, over the next few weeks how this is going to play out. But I think if you've been following this, and like you said, we kind of tongue-in-cheek about it yeah, as recently yeah. as, what, two weeks yeah, ago? weeks ago, yeah. And now you see the way the stock market is reacting and everything else. Oh, like God. It just yeah. seems to be ramping up a lot more as in a very – you know, quick fashion here, like two weeks from now, when we're talking right. about opening day, yeah. who knows where we're at at that point. It's crazy, man. The um, the thing I was uh, I was thinking about as well the uh, the whole thing with the gloves and wearing gloves and stuff like that. Like we talk to and say what's up to hundreds of people at like an opening day tailgate party. So, mm-hmm. like you said, in a couple of weeks things might be very different. Where you're you're deciding like, hey, how do you want to really? I'm gonna react? wear a sign on my forehead that says, "Don't touch me." <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> just don't touch back. me. <laughs> It'll become the norm really fast. Like you yeah. just won't greet people in that way, and you have another way. Like right, the people have been joking around about doing like foot taps uh, yeah, yeah, or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. or yeah. Um, you know, you could bow like they do in Asia. Like when I went to Japan, I love bowing. It was yeah. fun. You know, the yeah. more respect you have for someone, the farther down you, go. you go. And yeah, you know, it's just like a cultural difference there. But you know, obviously, you're not you're not touching. Right. So it's different ways to acknowledge people i guess do you remember that game in um right after the a lot of the riots were going down in baltimore they played in an empty stadium so they yes. played so i guess the, the only people that were there were the players the the media and the camera crew but mm-hmm. um i can't remember who the player was I, I don't know who the uh the orioles were playing that day but they you know how when they come off the field and they throw the new ball out or whatever and they toss into the stands they kept doing it <laughs> so there's nobody there but they kept pretending that they were almost kind of playing for a packed house um, but yeah, things are getting crazy. Things are changing. I know a lot of people that watch this don't care about Supercross, but there's one of the, the big guys that's in the running for the championship this year. He went on Twitter, a couple, uh, Instagram a couple days ago and uh, put out like a quick little press release like, hey, you know, until further no- notice, I'm canceling all of my public appearances because they do like a lot of meet and greets. They shake a million hands a day. And, they, and a lot of the guys actually as early as a few months ago were already wearing gloves, like racing gloves to a lot of the, the the press you know meetings and things like that with fans. Now he's just canceling them. He says, hey, I hope uh, my fans understand. I'll make it up to you. So yeah. things are changing, and we'll see what happens. And every day I feel like more cases pop up. But not to do just a complete coronavirus uh, <laughs> talk here, a uh, little housekeeping. I did put up something on Saturday morning that uh, told the fans that wanted to potentially shop over the weekend that one person's transaction was going to be completely free. So we do that. We do a similar promotion when we do our in-person sales with the truck where we give each fan a ticket. The ticket goes in the box. We pick the ticket out at the end of the day, and that person's transaction is free. So uh, what I noticed was since Lizzie wasn't here on Friday, a lot of the Friday orders didn't go out as well. So I kind of felt like that was unfair to not include those people as well because if their order was pending – they shouldn't really be excluded from this special promotion. So um, without further ado, I'm going to use this little number generator here like we do for our uh, first pitch opportunity. Well, you're so doing it now? How doing, fun. Doing it right now. So Liz, awesome. you're going to have to look this up. So uh, I already have it plugged in here, the order numbers for the starting and the end. I'm going to click generate, and then that person's transaction will be free. So order number 196133, if you could look that up, Lizzie. One nine six one three three. I hope it's a sticker and not like five sweatshirts. But oh, what's it worth? You, you don't have to say what they got because it might be a gift. But uh, <laughs> is it? She's laughing. They got one calendar. No way. <laughs> yeah. One nine six one three three. One calendar. Yeah. Oh my god, you got me so nervous just now. <laughs> I know. I tried to. Ah, thanks. All right, good job. <laughs> All right, one nine six one three three. If that's you, I'm not going to say the name because who knows if it's a gift, but. One nine six one three three. That calendar is on us. Um, I thought I lost my shirt on that one. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we uh, are going up to Syracuse this uh, this June. So those tickets went up a couple of, a couple hours ago. Go to the sevenline.com, Click on the blog area. I don't have the numbers in front of me for the sales. Uh, I think they had a thousand tickets reserved last year. I know they sold out. So definitely pop on over and join us uh, if you want to go up to. Syracuse with us. It's their second year up there. Minor league baseball is so important to not only the teams, but the local communities, and it's really a fun time. So head on over. The tickets are available now. They are $70 a person. It includes the jersey, which I'm wearing last year's right now. The jersey, the hat, the ticket to the game, um, 
a couple beers, some food, post-game fireworks show, a group photo on the field after the game, and one fan will be selected to throw out the first pitch. So just like we did last year with like that pick a random number, we do the same with the whole spreadsheet of orders. And if you win, you will get to go uh, throw out the first pitch for us, well, for the group. Um, this week's share contest, if you're watching, I, I promoted that a little bit. I have a whole stack Look at these guys. It's a heavy box. A whole stack of Mets stuff from last year's promotions. The Mets hook us up with a lot of this stuff. So Pete's got a couple over there. I think that's the squirrel shirt. All of this stuff is going to be given to three different people. So we're going to split up all this stuff into three different boxes. we got some WB Mason, uh, Mets trucks, a couple bobbleheads. That's fun. A couple T-shirts, some beanies, all this random stuff. A couple things from the Cyclones here. All of this will be separated into three boxes. So the way you can get it is if you're watching live right now on Twitter, click the little retweet button. Also, that goes for Periscope. If you're watching on Facebook, hit the share button. And if you're watching afterwards on IGTV, on the replay, just write in the comments, I want some free Mets stuff. We'll scroll through and pick someone out at random to win this week's prize package. Thanks to the Mets for hooking us up. Um, so besides the uh, coronavirus stuff, a lot of um, Mets fans were partaking in some booing this weekend, or at least uh, yesterday. There's 29 teams that are booing one team yeah. whenever they come uh, in. Against the Houston <laughs> Astros. So uh, if anyone thought that this was going away after spring training or once spring training game started, obviously mm -hmm. that is not the case. No, this will be all year. You think? Oh, yeah. It, there's anger from the players, from opposing fans, even Mets fans. Who, what do the Mets fans care? The Astros beat the Yankees twice, right? It's not like you have some personal animosity with the Astros. It's just the idea of you know guys that cheated, that cheated the sport and didn't seem very apologetic about it initially, especially. So these guys are going to hear it all year long. And it's interesting. You know, Some people think that it's going to wear out and wear down the Astros over the course of 162 games. I tend to think it'll be a rallying cry for them, and they're going to be like the Spygate Patriots in 2007 and want to stick it to everybody and prove how good they actually are. And look, the Astros have a lot of talent that is still a very good team, regardless of whether or not they're going to have some of the advantages that they may have had the last couple of years. But I think they're still going to win a lot of games and – you know, this is going to unite them in some ways because they're gonna they're gonna have to box in with one another. I mean, it's gonna feel like twenty six guys against the world with the way that this season goes down. Is like I said, what do Mets fans care about the Astros necessarily? But they're getting booed in Port St. Lucie, everywhere else they go. I mean, forget about it. When they go to Yankee Stadium in September, and it's too bad it's that late in the season, the Astros are absolutely going to hear it, and they're going to hear it everywhere except maybe in their home ballpark of Houston. Do you think that uh... – this might actually help ticket sales. People might want to go to games just to boo them. Oh, yeah. Well, it'll help the road ticket sales probably. But, yeah, I think that that would be a draw that there's a villain. I think it's going to help TV ratings and things when the Astros are on because generally baseball fans care about their team and nothing else. But you're going to tell me you're not going to be curious when Houston goes to Boston for the first time or to the Yankees for the first time or even on opening day. I, I don't know if they open up at home or on the road, but especially that first road game and how they're welcomed there. I mean, you're going to be curious about those types of things, how opposing teams are going to react. Do we see bean balls? We haven't seen a ton of that that I thought was intentional over the course of spring training, but in the regular season, that could obviously start to change a little bit. So, you know, all of that 
will make for, I think, a more interesting season generally as to what's happened nationally. And now you, you have a villain. You have a villain in the sport other than the Yankees for the first time in how long? So I don't know if you follow this account. It's pretty uh, entertaining. I, I, I personally, on the Seven Lines account, I muted the word Houston. I, but now it's kind of like mm-hmm. this stuff I, I, I eat into it. So uh, the 2020 Astros Shame Tour, it's at Asterix Tour on uh, Twitter. They're making an app. So the app is basically just a garbage can, and when you tap it, it makes a it makes a noise. So I guess their hope is that like forty thousand people download this app and all push the button at the same time during a game to make some noise. Okay, uh, we'll see. But um, well, they're getting a lot of followers on that account. That account, as far as I thousand. know, it it just started like a month ago. And what are we up to? One hundred eighty thousand. One hundred eighty thousand followers on an account that's just trying to shame the Astros and showing examples of when they are being shamed. There is interest in how the Astros will react and what's going to happen to this team this year in a way that I don't think I can't remember there being a team in baseball that everyone was so interested in going into a year. I mean, forget about a team that went out and spent a lot of money, added a bunch of free agents or steroid guys or a Barry Bonds led team. I mean, you name it. I don't think there's ever been a team that people are just kind of locked into in baseball, at least as far as I can remember over the last 25, 30 years. So uh, we got a, a man on the line who was actually down in the game yesterday, at the game yesterday, hearing all the boos and all the chatter firsthand. It's Mr. Joe DeMeo. What's up, Joe? Hey, Darren. What's going on? We're doing all right. So uh, all the best. I know that you wrote on Twitter. Today, wrote on Twitter today. All the best to your mom. I know she's going into the knife today for a uh, knee replacement, huh? Yeah, yeah. She's uh she's been dealing with this for quite a while and had a couple other things, not major things, a couple things that you know held up getting this done, but. She's getting first knee now. She'll get another one, I don't know, soon enough. And she'll kind of roll that right into retirement. So she'll be up and running the bases in no time. <laughs> All the best to her. Uh, so listen, I wanted to get you on the line today because you were down there firsthand yesterday hearing the booze in person and kind of taking in all things Mets. I know you met, you saw Mr. David Wright there. And uh, how, how was the weekend for you? Oh, it was awesome. You know, spring training's fun, as, as you guys know. Uh, flew down Thursday. Went to the game in West Palm Friday night against the Astros. Went to the game on Saturday and uh, only wore a T-shirt. Huge mistake. 63 <laughs> degrees and like 18-mile-an-hour winds. I was freezing, man. Wasn't in the sun. I saw people um, on TV. They had blankets out in Port St. Lucie. It's like, is yeah. it Florida I, down I, there? What's going on? I, I should have taken note when I was walking in and the guy goes, you don't have long sleeves? I went, no, I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was tough, but uh, no. And then yesterday was really cool. Just I sat a few rows away from where David and he was sitting with Jeff Wilpon, and uh, I think I was one of the first people to kind of notice he was there. Uh, no one was really going up to him. Uh-huh. I noticed him, and in between the innings, I went up, and we just you know talked for a minute. And uh, he said he's healthy, so I could report. He said he's feeling great, and uh, yeah, just took a quick picture because I never figured I'd ever meet David. So I'm not crazy take a picture with everyone kind of guy but david Wright, i'm gonna do it so i'm not sure where this fan jim was sitting i know he comes to a lot of games with us but uh he wrote uh in response to the video that you shared uh where the the fan behind you or near you was banging on the garbage can uh which i thought was hilarious but it said uh security came up to us in section nine and told us the mets are requesting us to stop booing can this be true did you think the mets asked anyone to stop booing or do you think that was more so like hey stop banging on this garbage can it's annoying it might have been stop banging on the garbage can potentially, but people were booing for 
you know, almost the whole game. You know, once you get to the sixth, seventh inning, people start bouncing out of the game anyway. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, the, everyone was it was it was loud. It was loud. So I was sitting there and I was saying, they're getting this in five thousand people or whatever that the spring training game. Wait until uh, they go to Yankee Stadium mm-hmm. and whenever they go there, April, May, whatever. Wait till they go there. It's going to be crazy. They're going they're going to hear it bad all year. Well, how was it? When, Mariz- when you know, Marisnik even got some. Marisnik even got some booze. Oh no, he's on left. Well, well, that's 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 surprising to hear. But what about when you were down there though? When you went to their game and it was their home game, was there like Mets fans there giving it to them too, or like do they kind of lay off? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. See, yeah. So it's going to be a fans, thing. Mets fans travel. I feel like, and the more you try to tell people to stop doing something, like we were talking about the signs a couple uh, episodes ago, right, and the season started when uh, they took the signs away. I feel like if you start telling fans, hey, stop booing, stop doing this, kind of like the the beer snake in Chicago, if you start telling yeah. people you cannot boo or don't make a sign, they're going to do it even more. So, um, listen, I want to give you a platform here because you've been high on uh, Mr. Rosario for a n- number of years. And you wrote on Twitter yesterday when you saw him in the on-deck circle, a big breakout season coming for Rosario. So uh, what's your basis here? Is this a hunch? Do you have any inside info here? What, what's, what's your case here? Yeah, so my case, obviously, you could just go look how he performed in the second half last year. And his line drive percentage was up. His hard hit ball percentage was up. Uh, his defense improved. He kind of really improved across the board. So everything was really good. And from what I'm hearing about this spring, and I saw his triple and double this weekend, is he's more aggressively pulling the ball. And early on in his career, he was kind of going the other way, playing right center. But I think that's kind of the first step into really taking that big jump forward offensively is obviously hard hit percentage, line drive percentage, barrel percentage, getting nerdy with you. But that, that kind of stuff. And now you're seeing him really pull the ball, which is really that kind of like final step. Because it's so often in players' development that they're not naturally pulling the ball. They're naturally going the other way. And you're now seeing him turn on fastballs from Lance McCullers Jr., turn on fastballs from Justin Verlander. And, you know, I think you're looking at a guy that he's going to be batting eighth probably. So I think at least early on it'll be kind of struggle to put up, you know, some gaudy statistics per se. But I think, you know, if – if he comes out hot, maybe they can move him up because he has the speed. He even uh, got better at stealing in the second half because mm-hmm. for being so fast, he kind of struggled stealing bases. And he even looked a little better doing that in the second half last year. So I think he's a guy that could potentially move up in the order as as the year goes on. And uh, my bold prediction is he he makes an all-star team. Wow. And you got his jer- you already own his jersey, right? You got it a couple years ago? I so- got it from you, man. Oh, you yeah, put you it did. on eBay and no one wanted it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, Joe. So, listen, we'll see you out there at City Field in just a couple weeks. Can't believe sp- uh, spring training is almost over. Opening day is just around Very the corner. Good. And uh, all the best tomorrow, all right? All right. Appreciate it, guys. We'll talk soon. Have, Have a good, good Joe. So, uh, Joe DeMeo, go follow him on Twitter, PSL to Flushing. Uh, he knows an incredible amount about the team and he doesn't even do this for a living it's more so I mean, he works for SNY on a little freelance side he writes for the seven line on occasion but no, he's very knowledgeable about the young players coming yeah. up through the system and, and who's next there's been a couple of guys that have had impressive springs I think Andres Jimenez who's been a big time prospect for the Mets over the years but it kind of dropped off after a rough season last year he's impressing at spring training David Peterson another guy uh, a starting pitcher is a former first round pick Looks like someone who will be part of that depth if something doesn't 
doesn't work out in the rotation. The Mets already kind of six guys for five spots, but you figure we'll see David Peterson in a Mets uniform at some point over the course of this year. But Joe's always great about knowing who's next and you know who's exciting down there in spring training. Hence the uh, Twitter name, PSL to Flushing. Very, very smart there. So a uh, special shout-out to our friends from Dugout Mugs. This is an incredible deal. They are giving away, Lizzie, which uh, you haven't heard about this yet, but this is incredible, free. <laughs> These Why are do you free. do this? They're free? Giving, they're giving away 100 knob shots for free. No hitch except for you got to pay the shipping. So that's that's fair enough. I they, want they, one. You can't expect them to cover the <laughs> shit. Well, this one's mine. You can't have this one. So go to dugoutmugs.com slash O-A-B-T. And the first 100 shoppers will get a knob shot for free. So very simple. Just go to that website. It automatically brings you to the listing if you go to dugoutmugs.com slash O-A-B-T. And all you got to do is select if you want a Mets one. <clears throat> it's not limited to Mets. So if you want to buy a gift for a family or a friend. It's highly recommended you go yeah, Mets. Highly so. recommended Mets. But <laughs> if you happen to know or associate yourself with anyone who's not a Mets fan, you can also pick one up for them. Um, I don't know if it's limit one per customer. Or maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I know it's first hundred. So definitely go to Dugout Mugs, a uh, great partner of the show. And we're working with them on a whole bunch of stuff coming out soon on the Seven Lines website. So we got our own custom mugs coming soon. So dugoutmugs.com, check them out and definitely pick up a knob shot today. Um, Pete, we got some ice cold beers in front of us. I know you can't enjoy one today because you got another stacked schedule with your got some athletic podcast and SNY and Sirius tonight, but that doesn't stop me and Lizzie from cracking a cold one. hey So. Got to miss out. I'm going to do like the across the room cheers. It's time to chill with a little Coors Light. We have some excellent plans with Coors Light this year that we are not ready to announce yet. So cheers, Lizzie. Cheers. Uh, Wait, are you cheers allowed to, to cheers? Pete. I'll be back next week. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh, can you, you cheer? Well, you could cheers with the bottles. With the can is fine. You haven't touched it yet. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> I'll have a sip of coffee, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> cheers, Pete. Always great to reset <laughs> with a nice uh, cold Coors Light. I know, uh, you know, it is Monday, but who knows where you might be right now listening to this replay. So I've had a tough Monday already, so I was ready for it. Well, that's that's all about it. Time to chill, have a little Coors Light, and uh, definitely stay tuned because we got some really big things planned with Coors Light for this season. So things we can't talk about yet, but maybe in a couple weeks. Um, yeah, I don't want to say too much because I might let something out of the bag here, but uh, definitely look forward to that. So cheers, and uh, also, as always, celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company. From Golden, Colorado. Uh, so let's move on here to last week. I know we're getting a little bit behind, ahead of our, not ahead, but behind ourselves here because that was so many days removed now. It's a little bit old news. But how fun was it to watch the mic'd up, uh, mic'd up game last week on ESPN? Oh, it's great. I mean, that's what you're always looking for, right? Is kind of seeing the guys bust on each other a little bit and getting a sense of how that camaraderie is built and, and how it shows, right? I, I think anybody that works together long enough in close spaces, you kind of have the ability to get at each other a little bit and make the uh, the workday go along. And, you know, for spring training, when you're grinding it out game after game, you got a sense of how the guys are able to do that a little bit. And we already got kind of a little taste of Anthony DeComo's story at MLB.com about the cookie club and yep, yep. the guys spending time together after the game. And I think you kind of got to see 
you know, some of the fruits uh, of those labors and the relationships and, um, you know, getting an inside taste of it. Like even the reporters who are in the clubhouse, in the locker room, documenting these guys all year, they don't get to see what everybody saw as part of that broadcast. And yeah. It's such a cool thing. And, you know, what's really interesting going forward is we found out that first base is going to be mic'd up for some portion of the season at City Field that Pete Alonso has allowed it. So it won't air live like it did on ESPN. And, of course, there was an F-bomb that got through. Yeah. But uh, it will be on tape and conversations that Pete Alonso might have at first base. We talked about uh, – he talks about wine with like Freddie Freeman and just some of the nonsense that goes on over there. You get a, we'll get a sense for it on some of those broadcasts, which I think is, is kind of fun and kind of exciting. And I'm sure it won't be quite as open as Dom Smith saying, Hey, I'm going to jump on the first fastball I see in a regular right, right, season right. game. It's a little different when it's spring training, but, um, but yeah, I, I think that opens up another avenue for you to you know get some insight on what makes these guys tick their personalities and like Pete Alonso said he wants to be an ambassador for the game baseball's been good for him he wants to promote it and that's the kind of attitude that is great if you're a fan of the sport and you get more insight not just what his mindset is for a given pitch but um you know how he goes about building relationships with teammates with opposing players with all those kinds of things. So I, I think it's uh, it's great across the board. In the Cubs, they did it with the Cubs game a couple of days before the Mets game, and I heard Anthony Rizzo, and he's basically like, you know, kind of calling what pitch he thinks yeah, is going to yeah, come yeah. and working his way through the at-bat. I mean, how could you beat that in live time, hearing a guy basically give play-by-play -play of his own at-bat, what he's thinking at a given time, and going through it with the announcers? It's such a neat thing. Here's a little from Pete on that. To, to actually share um, kind of like live – almost a first like stream of conscious type uh, type deal going on. And so it's interesting for sure, but I had a good time. The guys up in the booth were, were great. And I think they had a fun time as well. So it was, it was interesting. Do you, do you think you could do that during the regular season at all? Or no? Um, if that's something, I mean, that's, it'd be difficult, but I think that um, if we had to, uh, in certain instances, I think that'd be uh I mean, I, I wouldn't be for it because I'm trying to I'm trying to focus and, and lock in. But um, for like spring training, like I, I think that's the perfect uh, perfect scenario. An All Star game, home run derby, um, something of that nature. Or I think it'd be cool to have like like I'd still like the in game dugout stuff. But during the game, I think that's really really difficult. Maybe for an infielder, maybe for an outfielder, uh, that would be uh, a little bit easier. Um, Maybe uh, maybe a pitcher like talking to himself, um, but I don't know. It's it, but for me like when I'm active at first base trying to communicate with other people, it's it's it can be a lot, but it's uh, it's 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 interesting. I, I have fun doing it. So um, if we keep toying around with it, then maybe it turns into something really really cool. Pete's the I, I think about this like if he's talking about directing the infielders and, and stuff like that if he says hey you know Ahmed move over a step to your left and then the balls hit right to him for right, a double yeah, play yeah, yeah. and then you could go back after the fact and say oh Alonzo helped set that up I mean that would be cool that's the kind of insight that maybe you get after the game but otherwise you wouldn't really know why Ahmed Rosario was standing where he was you know if these are the kind of things that you can get out of it that just Usually you have the analysts in the booth, like maybe something that Keith Hernandez or Ron Darling would notice, and that's why they're great. But if you can get it straight from the players as they're doing it, I think that's that's a blast. That's fun. 
So to rewind a little bit, the whole thing with uh, ass in the jackpot with Terry Collins and that whole mm-hmm. famous, you know, video that kept every time that went up, it, MLB had it removed. Um, what well, it's still floating around. Oh no, yeah, but every yeah, but if like a prominent account posts it, they find a way to get that to come down. But uh, it wasn't supposed to go up. But why was sure. he even mic'd up anyway? You know what I mean? Because that wasn't like was that a special thing? Like why would Terry Collins have even had a microphone I on don't anyway? I think it was Terry's microphone. I think it was the home plate umpire was mic'd up, uh-huh. and it's possible he was mic'd up. I believe they, it was a Fox that. Saturday game. Yeah, it was. So maybe they decided to. Mic up the umpire for you know this or that over the course of the broadcast and something that would be as profane as what Terry was saying <laughs> maybe doesn't make the cut where it ends up in the live broadcast as it didn't, but they do have that footage and the audio and apparently somebody leaked it after the fact and it was years later and Terry yeah, was, was like already almost a full year. Yeah. He was already fired by the time that went out publicly. And then everyone was kind of like, yeah, that Terry Collins guy wasn't so bad. Huh? Yeah, yeah, Look at the way yeah, he had yeah. his teams back in that situation. Uh, but I, I believe it was the home plate umpire, not Terry, that was mic'd up that day. So I'm wondering if uh, putting a mic on first base is might potentially open up a can of worms as well, where you might start, start catching things that you don't necessarily well, want out there. I'll give you an example. So on Monday Night Football this year, and Jets fans will remember this, they had Sam Darnold mic'd up. And it's great. You know, the quarterback's mic'd oh, yeah, up. Maybe yeah. you get a sense of what's happening in the game. And to some degree, they're supposed to protect the players from themselves and, and be cautious in what they air. And if you remember, Sam Darnold had a horrible game against the New England Patriots. And he said, I'm seeing ghosts. And it was a very honest comment that you would never say in a press conference, that you'd never say otherwise. Maybe forgot he was mic'd up for a moment, whatever it might be. ESPN ran with it and... That became a huge thing. Is this guy ready? Can he be a, a big-time quarterback if he's admitting he's seeing ghosts in a game? And then the next week in Jacksonville, the Jaguars mascot came down from the sky dressed as a ghost. And they were fans of the Jaguars dressed as ghosts. They were playing like Scooby-Doo music, whatever the hell they were doing <laughs> at the uh, at the Jaguars game that week. So it kind of became a thing for a little while. And Darnold had a little slump, and then he got better, and it kind of got forgotten about. But that's that's the kind of thing that players worry about is them saying something that can then be used against them or be embarrassing. Uh, so I, I think that's what you watch out for. But then, you know, look at the XFL. They're miking up all the quarterbacks, the coaches, the offensive coordinators. And look, the football's not great, but it's interesting to have that right, much right. access and have an idea of what's going on during the game. Like Matt McGloin is complaining to Kevin Gilbride, his head coach, and McGloin was the starting quarterback for the Guardians. And you hear that whole conversation, that, you know, quote unquote argument that's going on during the game. And then McGloin is benched a couple minutes afterwards, and you kind of see it all develop in real time rather than guessing what the argument might be about on the sidelines. What do you think of that? You think that's going to last, XFL? Is this like one and done? I think it'll last because the TV networks, they have it on the big channels, big mm-hmm. broadcasters. Kevin Burkhart's doing games, right? It's on ABC, it's on Fox. Uh, I think that. It's done well enough to stick around. Now, it's lost a lot of its audience, and I think it'll crater over the next month or two because you'll have, in theory, March Madness, the NCAA tournament, baseball starting up, and it'll get forgotten about. But I think for February and for a couple of weeks in March, like I've turned it on a few times and just watched a few plays, maybe not diving into a whole game anymore. Yeah. 
But I think it's been interesting enough to have a place in the sporting world in a downtime. There's not a lot going on in February. I heard the merch sales, if, if that's any indication. I heard merch sales have been very great. I know the New York uh, jerseys, I think, are sold out. I don't think you can get them anymore. But um, You know, you mentioned the the beer snake. Uh, yeah. This has been come oh, a I huge thing yeah, yeah, at yeah. the XFL, and the XFL Twitter account promotes it. You but I think it up. was in D.C. yesterday. They had a beer snake that went up. It had to be about 30, 40 rows that it was <laughs> more than back. that. I mean, more than that. It was ginormous. Here, let's, let me show yeah, you. Yeah, so here's the footage of it. And I believe this is in D.C., which has been great because they do it in the soccer stadium, so it looks like a sellout, even if it's, you know, it's not like playing at MetLife Stadium where it looks like nobody's there. That's got to be almost, uh, let me think. I said 30, 40 rows. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. But each cup doesn't take up a whole lot, but it's become, you know, a big thing in some areas. I think it's, you know, guys... People that want to get rowdy, drink in the parking lot, tailgate, all right, you go in, you watch the game, and you make the most of it. It's more affordable than See, an I NFL wanna, game. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here at all because, you know, fun is fun, and that's what, you know, sports should be and entertainment and all that. But if you're concentrating on this, you're not watching the game, you know? No, so the it's, game is secondary. So it's the kind of th- – I don't know how you stand on the on the wave. The reason why I don't like the wave is because when the wave is going on, you're not watching anything anything to do with the game you're watching the wave go around the stands yeah. instead of watching the game look i, I think it's different with something like the mets an established team or sport you have tradition and and some people are really really into it now other people they're more casually and into the wave and things like that like when i was a kid i, I like the idea of the wave whoa look at this thing coming around right um but i found like mls i would never be able to sit down and watch a two-hour major league soccer game Mm -hmm. but i've gone with the supporter section in the past and you stand up the whole game you sing songs you do this and that chanting whatever and that makes it more fun right Right, you had the tailgate beforehand then you're in with everybody and you're like part of this group um i i enjoyed all of that that was the draw to me to go into the games and then all right like i can pay attention for most of the soccer game there's goal everybody goes nuts and it's fun uh, and if you get a scoreless game, then it's not so much fun. But yeah, at least you make your own kind of entertainment throughout. So for something like XFL, yeah, where yeah. I mean, are you going to live and die with a team that didn't exist a year ago? No, <laughs> but this is how it starts. Is how you build it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my whole thing, you know, with I'm not saying I'm not claiming that I I'm locked into every single pitch at a baseball game. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you're still sitting. No, next I don't to your think friends. you can't be. The sport isn't designed for that. But. If you're doing this instead of – maybe if the Mets are getting blown out, you know, 12 nothing, and, you know, there's no shot of coming back. Yeah, maybe you do the beer snake. But if it's like opening day and, you know, you're all fired up that you're back at the stadium, I don't feel like this is something that – I'm not speaking for the group. I'm not speaking for other Mets fans. But, like, personally, I don't think I would want to partake in something like that when you want to watch the freaking game. But Yeah, but uh, – is, is throwing a cup into the beer snake really distracting? No, but then you know what? Look, look at this. Look There's at this. There's a clip. couple of people that are no one's watching the game. Very into it. <laughs> yeah, no one's history there. To be fair, I mean that might be a Guinness World Record beer snake. I guess. <laughs> uh, anyway, don't forget share the show if you want to win some free stuff. No hitch here. We're we're splitting up this. There's a bunch of stuff here into three boxes. One for Facebook. Just click the share button right now. This is going to select that in a little bit at random. One on the Twitter, if you're watching on Twitter or Periscope, and one afterwards on Instagram. And don't forget that the Instagram giveaway runs the entire week. So from today until next Monday, you'll have the opportunity to win this Instagram contest. So if you happen to be listening afterwards on 
iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, anywhere you might possibly watch, uh, or maybe on YouTube, and you want the chance to win, all you got to do is go to our Instagram account. Very easy to find uh, the 7Line on Instagram. Click on today's post, which will go up just after we turn off the live stream. And all you have to do is go into the comments and write, I want some free Mets stuff. Very, very simple. Go over to Instagram and just type that, and we'll randomly select a winner on next Monday's show. So you have seven days to do this, guys. It takes two seconds to leave a comment on the IG. Um, Pete. What? Not a lot of <laughs> not a lot of noise coming out of spring training, which is generally a good thing. Well, just the booze for the Astros. <laughs> right, right, right. But yeah, for the Mets, look, it's been so quiet. Yeah. Which is not great for us, <laughs> but it's good for the Mets. I think it's good for Mets fans, right? Like, you don't want news. Brody Van Wagenen said on that ESPN broadcast last week, nothing good happens in spring training, and he's not wrong. If there's a lot of news coming from your camp, it ain't good. The Yankees have a lot of news coming from their camp, and it ain't good. So I think for the Mets, look, the starting pitchers look good. Steven Matz has pitched very well. Rick Porcell, Michael Walk have been fine also. Uh, Noah Syndergaard pitched fine yesterday. I mean, you, you just have everything kind of moving along well. Jacob deGrom's getting his innings in and not allowing any runs is, is normal for him. You had the scare with Brandon Nimmo and Matt Adams and the, the heart testing, but both of them ended up being fine. I mean, you just don't want to see injuries. Now, there there is the one aspect of things for the Mets that we just haven't heard a lot about over the last week or two, and that's Yoan Cespedes. I yeah. haven't heard any kind of update where he is at, if he's close to running the bases. They have to get him in left field at some point, you would think, over the course of spring training. We're now closing in on two and a half weeks until opening day. There's really nothing on him, but if you're like me and you kind of thought, well, Cespedes is a bonus. If he doesn't play, so be it. I mean, that's you're kind of in that same holding pattern with him, with Jed Lowry as well, but it's really been... Low key for the Mets. Uh, Luis Rojas is the kind of manager that doesn't attract a lot of attention one way or the other. If they had kept Carlos Beltran, it, it would be a much different circumstance around the Mets. They'd be hearing some of those boos that the Astros heard. Uh, so I think you understand a little further the move that the Mets made this offseason. But otherwise, look, things have been quiet, and quiet is good. You don't you don't need a lot of news. You don't need a lot of buzz. Just get through, get to opening day, and then you can make all the noise you want. So if there's one thing you had to be most nervous about or questioning going into the season, would it be Batances? Yes. Yeah, the bullpen in general. I don't think Edward Diaz has looked particularly good this offseason. I was watching Jerry's Familia yesterday, and he pitched the bases loaded, and I believe he got out of it. But uh, it was like, kind yeah, of, I've seen that before. Saturday, yeah. But Batance is throwing 88 to 90 miles an hour. That is concerning. That is not where he is at when he's at his peak. And he'll tell you, look, I'm a slow starter. This isn't abnormal for me. But last year he had the same issue where he didn't have any velocity, and then he spent a lot of time on the shelf with a shoulder injury. Tore his Achilles or partially tore his Achilles when he came back, uh, and he's working his way from that as well. So the Mets are making it out. Hey, he got back on the mound. That's a positive, but throwing 88 to 90 miles an hour is a little scary to me. And if Batances isn't going to be effective, then you have the exact same bullpen that sunk your season last year, and now you're putting a lot of faith that Jaris Familia and Edwin Diaz are going to be what you thought they were last year rather than what they actually were last year. So it's it's still that bullpen that is – the scariest part of this Mets team. So I asked on uh, Twitter today for any questions for the show. A couple came in here. Uh, John Flynn at John Flynn 97 
his question was, what is the biggest Mets story no one's talking about? I guess if it was a big story, you'd be talking about it. But can you think of anything maybe flying under the radar that might sh- you might think should be getting a little bit more attention that isn't? Something that's not getting attention right now that should be. Anything you could think of? If not, we just go to the next one. I can't think of anything. If it was, if it needed attention, they'd be getting it. Because well, right look, now it's is spring when... training. Like I'm not going to go nuts about anybody hitting particularly well. I'm not going to go nuts about anybody slumping in spring training. To me, it's about the injuries. We talked about Dylan Betances and the concerns there. I think the starting pitching has been healthy, which is all that you really ask for right now. So I'm not sure that there's anything that needs attention that's not getting it. Look, the Mets aren't getting a lot of attention, period. If there was any kind of a story there, it would be getting attention anyway because people want to you know, dive into this stuff and what's going on with the Mets. So I, I don't think that there's anything right now. The only thing I would say, I guess I mentioned it earlier, is Cespedes. That's yeah. not getting attention. Yeah, I don't know off. what's going on with him. I, I, I have no idea. We have not heard anything about Cespedes now in about a week or two. So um, I saw one here about from Shea parking lot that's a good twitter account uh when will the mets make a decision on lowry um will be by the end of spring training i know he's brody's boy but come on already we're getting into ellsbury territory here yeah what do you think yeah like i think you have all the time in the world really because he's a guy that how much do you expect he's playing with this huge brace on his knee and, and trying to figure out what he could do he had full workouts early but we haven't seen him playing a whole lot in games so you know for Jed Lowry it might take a while I I don't have any expectations he's going to help and I think there are two things that have happened that have been good you see the throw Luis Guillorme made yesterday to cut a runner down at the plate I mean a terrific relay throw I think you have some faith that Guillorme would be fine as that backup infielder for the Mets and you have a left-handed bat and Dom Smith potentially Matt Adams off the bench as a pinch hitter I think it survive without Jed Lowry he's not going to make or break their year so as we uh, talked about in the jump here, we do have some tickets up for sale that just went up today, just to pivot here a little bit back to the games. Um, let me pull this up. So today at uh, 9 a.m. or 10 a.m., the Syracuse Mets tickets went up. Next Monday, the Rumble, Rumble Ponies ones go up. And we updated the site. I don't know if anyone looked at this yet, but the July 11th game against the Brooklyn Cyclones, those go up on April 14th. And uh, those always sell out super quick. So definitely go over to the sevenline.com if you want to set yourself up with some reminders. Read all about it. We are sold out of home games now until June. So June 13th versus the Nationals is the next game to go up. That goes up this Friday. And uh, it's a doozy, folks. It's going to be the Jerry Kuzman number retirement before the game. The Mets are retiring number 36. And you also get this Mrs. Met bobblehead uh, with your ticket. So it's $100. Our season ticket members take up the first 600 and some odd uh, seats. And the back of the section, which is, where's the number here? 238 tickets will go up on Friday. This Friday at noon on Mets.com slash the 7 Army. So definitely set yourself up with a reminder. Last year we had the Mr. Matt Bobblehead, which was going up for hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Not that I'm trying to convince you to buy a ticket to sell this bobblehead, but you are going to get the Mrs. Matt limited edition bobblehead the Jerry Kuzman number retirement before the game and the ticket to the game as well. So it's going to be a fun time. Definitely set a reminder, buy tickets on Friday. So what did we decide her name is now, Mrs. Mitt? Uh, you know, someone Googled it. And I guess there's an article that says her name is Jan. Oh, Jan. Yeah, that's boring. Have you? But maybe they named her Jan in like the 60s or something when Mrs. Mitt first came out. I don't know if that's proven. I have to 
check my sources, <laughs> but I I saw a screenshot that said her name is Jan, but I'm not buying that. What did you go by again? What did you say? Jan Met. I said Joan for Joan Payson. Joan, Joan. I like Joan. Joan or Shannon, uh, either. Maybe they could be Joan Shannon or Shannon Joan together. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's this Friday, and uh, definitely set yourself up with a reminder on that. Um I was listening to the broadcast yesterday. I was down in Jersey riding my dirt bike, getting ready for my race in two weeks. And uh, (laughs) in between riding, I was listening to the game and how he was talking about how he feels that a lot of numbers, a lot of guys, not that they were snubbed, but for whatever reason, the Mets weren't uh, retiring numbers for for a number of reasons, whatever it could be. But he said now that they're retiring Kuzman, he thinks the floodgates will be open. And yes. there's a number of guys that he could see over the next couple of years. So it we had might always be... been Hall of Famers. That was the line. Right, you had right. to be a Mets Hall of Famer, right. Tom Seaver, and then Mike Piazza. And now that you go down to Kuzman, well, now it opens things up a little bit more. So you figure David Wright will have his number five retired at some point down the line. And then you start revisiting, I think, the 86 Mets. Keith, and yeah. Someone like Keith Hernandez and Gary Carter. And, you know, how far do you want to go with uh, with that team that accomplished so much? Absolutely. And, I, I mean, I don't ever want to go the route of the Yankees. I think they've retired way too many. They have, like, multiple numbers that are for multiple guys uh, that are retired in their uh, canyon, whatever they call it. Uh, what's it called? Canyon of Heroes? What, canyon no. of Heroes. The Monument Park. Monument Park. No, okay. Monument Canyon Park. Heroes is, is the parade. Is the parade. Uh, Monument Park. Uh, drunk as hell on a parade float, uh, parade float there. Um, yeah, so we'll see what happens. But uh, I think that you know, getting the winningest lefty in the history of the of of the team is definitely a great start uh, for the third player to go into the hall. So we'll see what happens uh, down the road. So Lizzie, let's get to the share contest. Do you have the paper that I wrote the winner from last from last week? No. Is it at the bottom of Pete's? No, it's not. No. Where did you put it? Maybe it's know. on your desk. Maybe. So Lizzie's about to go grab the winner from last week, which, uh, what was last week? A gift card for the Seven Lines website. So definitely set yourself up with, with up with a reminder for those uh, ticket sales. Lizzie's going to announce last week's winner for the gift card. Lizzie, take it away. Okay. Uh, last week's winner for the gift card is... Dave Lang on Instagram that, on Instagram that's D M L A N G so congrats Dave and then did you select today's winners I for this did. free Mets stuff today's Facebook winner is Matt Mackin and the Twitter winner is Peter and his handle is at tweet scala awesome congrats guys All right, guys congrats we'll uh, get your addresses and mail you out all this stuff before we move on, this this story came up a couple days ago, and this is very un-Yankee-like, uh, I think. So the Yankees minor league team quickly canceled their O.J. Simpson trial night. How did this ever get approved to begin with? I have no idea. Some of these minor league teams just want the headline and to get the attention, and they want to straddle the line of what's appropriate and what's not. Which, uh, which affiliate was it? It was the Charleston River Dogs, their uh, single-A affiliate in sa- the South Atlantic League, quickly pulled a promotion dubbed OJ Trial Night that was scheduled for what May What does Charleston 26th. have to do with this anyway? I, I, don't... I don't know. But it said, uh, after taking a step back and having further reflection on the overall message that was being conveyed, it was, responsible, it was a responsible thing to do, I guess, was to cancel it. But they had a bunch of different things where the, the fans were the jury. The fans will act as our jury, voting... Mm. The cu- with custom paddles to reach verdicts on various topics throughout the night. The eyes of the nation will be upon us. Fans will receive an OJ Trials shirt 
upon entering the stadium. If the shirt doesn't fit, you must get a different size instead of you must acquit. Wild that they thought this was going to go over. Well, like you said, maybe they knew it wasn't. And a lot of these minor league teams, you have like 20-something-year-old people who didn't live through any of this that are coming up with the ideas of what's a good idea, what's something, an anniversary that we could hit and have some fun with. And I'm sure there wasn't... uh, yeah, they just didn't think it all the way through. I'm but to think of the name. I don't. Have you the seen the risk documentary? reward is not worthwhile. Which the thirty for thirty? No, the minor league documentary. Oh. Uh, Kurt Russell's dad used to own a minor league baseball team, and I think Seer, uh, Seattle. You ever heard of this? No. Oh, shit, it's gonna it's gonna kill me if I don't know. Uh, let me just Google this really quick. Which I feel like people should always Google first before a- asking the internet. I feel like you always see stuff on Twitter like, "Hey, where can I buy this?" Just Google it. <laughs> Google if it. you can't find the answer on Google, then ask the internet. Um, someone might. Me saying it in the comments here. What is it called? Uh, damn. The Battered Bastards of Baseball. If you guys are ever looking for something to watch, and uh, you, I think it's on Netflix. So the Battered Bastards of Baseball, it's unbelievable. So this is something that they might do. It's it's a great doc. You should definitely watch it. It's it's uh, Any baseball fan would. And it's about minor league baseball and yeah. how they market the teams and it, things like it that? It was crazy. Hmm. Yeah. like the, the Kurt Russell's dad owned the team. Kurt Russell was the bat boy and it was wild their promotions were crazy it's it's definitely Bill a great Vex style exploding scoreboards and <laughs> yeah. disco demolition night and all that it was nuts so uh all right guys listen we are 17 days away from opening day hopefully things start to cool off as far as this whole coronavirus scare um i'm definitely not a doctor so don't take my advice for anything but i feel like if you continue to live your life the way you already have been but just take as i touch my face take extra (laughs) precautions to try to stay clean uh i think you should be doing all right so if you want one of these don't forget if you want one of these uh um what do they call these these knob shots from our our friends over at dugout mugs go to dugout mugs dot com slash oabt the first hundred are free just pay the shipping and handling uh lizzie is showing me something that i can't read it says new york state has the most confirmed coronavirus cases in the nation all right let's end it with that ah! all, right. <laughs> all right guys enjoy your week that's an orange and blue thing we'll see you next monday shout out to Coors light i can't wait for some fun stuff with you guys this season let's go med 17 days hopefully nice weather out there at city field for the opener let's go